This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Very cool lineup of guests this morning. For instance, Brooke Smith of Rocket Ship Racing. So it is American Thanksgiving on November 23rd, and leading up to that nation's celebrations are stakes races galore across the U.S. Rocket Ship Racing will be very active throughout, including and especially at Churchill Downs. Brooke Smith sits down with us in moments. You know, I've been looking forward to finally meeting our next guest. He's a dynamo, a whiz kid, a real go-getter. His name is Jamie Dykstra. He's part of Woodbine Entertainment's powerful and passionate media communications team. And they are responsible for all of the nonstop news coming out of Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park. This whirlwind, Jamie Dykstra, is pressing pause on his daily multitasking just long enough to be with us on Ponies 24-7 this morning. Our next guest, well, his name is Peter Physic Sheard. He is a professor emeritus at the University of Guelph's Ontario Veterinary College. His research and studies include equine cardiology and horse health management, and he has a particular interest in racehorses. He'll be joining us on Ponies 24-7 today to discuss the upcoming U of Guelph 8th Annual Equine Industry Symposium, a major gathering of horse experts from all walks of life. The theme, by the way, this year is Stable Solutions, and here's how the organization is cleverly promoting this event, quote, saddle up for stable solutions at the Equine Symposium, end quote. And finally, he's back. We love him. My co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. Get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new show feature, In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, and our, in case you missed it, a look at the week that was in horse racing news and sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Larry, we start with some pretty upsetting news. Emma Jane Wilson, a jockey extraordinaire, went down in a spill a couple of weeks ago at Woodbine. Yeah, she she did, and, and uh, I understand she's recuperating and uh, should be getting back to uh, to riding very shortly. I, I, I meant to mention this last week on the show, and we got uh, tied up on some other business and that. So, uh, But, no, we wish her well, and she's a good friend of the show. She's been on uh, two or three times. Uh, so, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we see her back at, at Woodbine very shortly. Speedy recovery, Emma Jane Wilson. Next, we move to Rich Strike. Uh, Rich Strike, the horse, was pulled from the Keeneland November sale. For what reason and why is this significant? Well, it's funny because we talked about him going in the sale last week and he was actually uh, supposed to sell uh, yesterday at the sale and his owner uh, pulled him out of the sale on uh, Thursday and he really didn't give any reason why that the horse, he just said that he was going to pull the horse out of the sale and put him back into some light training. So uh, uh, I guess you can just say stay tuned for the uh, saga of Rich Strike. All right. Thank you, Larry. And that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. We are so pleased to be joined today by a very good friend of the show, multi-entrepreneur and horse owner, Rocket Ship Racing's Brooke Smith. Next week is the American Thanksgiving, and he's going to be one busy guy. He's here to explain. Hey, Brooke, welcome to Ponies 24-7. Really good to have you with us. Hey, great to be with you guys. Well, thanks for coming on again, Brooke, and let's let's get right into it. Uh, you've, you've got a very busy weekend coming up with the American Thanksgiving. Talk about some races, especially one with the Clark Handicap with a horse by the name of Blue Devil. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, you know, uh, it's a Saturday before uh, American Thanksgiving, as you guys say, and based on the timing of this uh, coming out here, there's a horse uh, running today named how soon is now, which is a, a two-year-old that Brian Lynch has, just to kind of put that out there. Uh, she's been doing well. We will uh, gear up to be super thankful about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on day after Thanksgiving here, uh, next Friday, uh, we are entering uh, uh, Blue Devil and the Clark Handicap. I haven't seen the um, the uh, overnight PPs yet, but uh, got a to assume he'll be in a you know shorter field, and he's been an interesting horse. I can tell you more about him if you'd like. Sure, love to hear about Blue Devil. Tough to have a horse named Blue Devil when you live in Kentucky, and then on top of that, when you went to Clemson, you could call him a lot of names, and I'd be just fine with any of them. We bought Blue Devil out of a Keeneland sale, kind of horses are racing age type of thing, which is not generally 
where we at Rocket Ship Racing uh, buy our horses pretty traditionally as yearlings, but went to the sale after a bowl of ragu and probably a couple bourbon and some red cheeks decided to raise the hand. And uh, we spent more on him than uh, traditionally we would spend on a horse. I think he hammered down around two two fifty or something, which is a lot of money. He'd run a turf weight, showed some talent. We got him, and he was kind of consistent, uh, running about the same level, but uh, in talking with um, Jeff Howells, the trainer, and then uh, uh, Bill Benzik, the racing manager that works with us, he just wasn't quite right. So after hitting the board and, and just not doing it effortlessly, we decided to turn him out. And I think the one thing that the horse industry can use is patience, right, and, and anything. But we uh, we turned him out, gave him some time to be a horse and just enjoy the pastures and the paddocks. And so he came back, uh, went into training, and was a different horse. He came back from that turnout and then he we shipped a few horses to Saratoga this, this summer for the first time and that actually worked out pretty well it's fun obviously but um what a great place to race we had had him kind of angle on the turf thought he was more of a turf horse made poly and he he was in a race where there was eight scratches out of 11 horses so it was a three horse field but if you if you watch the replay it, yeah it wasn't off track uh but it wasn't you know just pea soup and uh he took to it and won easy and won by, I think, 12 or so lengths. Hmm. And so we, we thought, well, is that a fluke? Uh, then we, um, we decided to go ahead and run it back in. And the next course, if you run it, Saratoga, and you're running in the next condition, you're, you're basically in a stake race, uh, which was the case. There were some stake horses in there. He gritted it out, ran to the moon, and got up by the dirtiest of nostrils I've ever seen. Uh, so we all looked at each other and thought, well, maybe, maybe he likes the dirt. And, and, um, he ran a big buyer figure that day, showed a lot of effort. Uh, there was a race at Churchill actually before he took him to Saratoga where we knew he was a bit different of a horse. He finished a good second at Churchill. And then we, uh, we decided to, you know, run him in what seemed to be the next logical spot. Of course, you always hold your breath, but, uh, we put him in, uh, the Lucas classic and, you know, he, his trip wasn't perfect, but it wasn't, wasn't terrible. And he gutted it out and kind of came up the rail, which, you know, was a little flat and just got beat at maybe a half a length. Um, I get some really nice horses. Uh, the one horse in there, uh, Clapton, I guess, went on and ran, ran the classic and didn't, didn't show a lot in the classic, but he ran a 98 fire and, and now we're, we're headed to the Clark. So, Brooke. Blue Devil is now firing on all cylinders. What do you expect from him next Friday at, in the Clark Handicap? He's one of these horses that's always going to give you a great race. And knock on wood as I say that, unless there's just something that's completely unforeseen. And even watching these recent races, I mean, his neck stretched out. He just he loves to be out there. We picked up Javier Castellano, which was great. And, you know, he was excited and encouraged to get the mount. And... I think he'll be right in the thick of things. Hmm, great jockey. Yep, Javier, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about yourself now. You've been a big supporter of horse racing, Brooke, on both sides of the border now. What is it that keeps you involved in this industry? Well, it's an unbeatable uh, game or a, almost an unsolvable puzzle. Hmm. Uh, and I mean that respect, respectively, uh, respectfully. So I think it's just, you know, if you can't beat something, you know, get as close to beating it as you can, but, but have fun with it. I mean, I just love the people. I love the history. Uh, I get excited. 
no matter what, what track, what backside. And uh, if, you know, if you get people around you that are patient, like I said earlier, that uh, you can trust, you can actually do better than you, you believe. And, and there's still some, some, you know, if you're active in the business like I am, uh, you know, you can depreciate a significant amount of a horse uh, when you purchase it. So, you know, that can offset some tax liability. That's certainly not why you do it, but uh, it's, it's uh, a kicker in the States. And just all of it, it being in, at the fairgrounds in New Orleans and, and, and going to the backside and watching the races and hearing, you know, uh, band in the background. It's just, I think it's the, uh, the backdrop of culture. And it's, uh, they're beautiful animals. I think about them uh, as an animal first and focus on the horse. Uh, and everybody that's around me does, and the, the horse tells us what's going to happen. Not the trainer, you know, not 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 anybody else, not the jockey, not me, not you know, someone that's the racing manager. We let the horse tell us what's up. You know, you've made your mark in the U.S. What about Canada? Tell us about any uh, involvement in Canadian horse racing. Just uh, have my my toe or maybe my foot in the, in the pond. <laughs> Larry's been a great shepherd through the process. We picked up a couple. Uh, yearlings that are are now two-year-olds that we've been patient with frostbitten and bourbon north correct larry frostbitten and bourbon north that's right yeah and laura laura um cressa katie she trains them she's a small operation but talented i've spent a lot of time in toronto over the years uh with the mining industry and finance and and I uh, been to been to Woodbine uh, a couple times. Good place to race. There's a lot of things happening that, that the industry is trying to you know do things to make it more interesting. So uh, I'm excited to see what these two do in the spring. Can I step in here because Larry won't ask this question? But what was it that Larry did with you and for you to make this sort of Canadian footprint uh, that you've already started? He was great to help me navigate it because you know even if you're in different states or, or different places or different sales there's always nuances and obviously a different country there's there's some nuances and I've, I've had some stuff you know going on in canada in the past but uh you know he's a larry's a huge advocate of horse racing and obviously uh canadian racing and i think that it's overlooked a lot of times the purses are good competition's solid he helped me uh you know he kind of pointed Laura out to me and he he helped for lack of a better word kind of handicapped uh, you know, you can take the horse out if you want. That's what a lot of folks do, um, especially with these younger horses. And then you've got great, great uh, racing and, and, and a stakes program up there. Well done, Larry. <laughs> well done, Brooke. <laughs> my headphones aren't uh, fitting me now. My head's swollen, Brooke. But uh, let's uh, let's change the topic here and, and talk about one of your other businesses, uh, your bourbon business. You know, been in and around bourbon. No real deep background in spirits except for the ones that are in my glass. <laughs> uh, had some success in other businesses, and and um, really about the time that this recent bourbon boom, I bought into a, a distillery called Castle and Key, uh, just outside of Frankfort, Kentucky. Uh, it's a gorgeous campus, old historic uh, distillery, financial minority partner in that, which has been fun. Uh, another brand uh, called Barrel Bourbon at the same time, and really liked their product, and they were small and. And so I provided them some financing and also been buying barrels uh, from distilleries that other brands need. And it's difficult for them to tie a bunch of capital up uh, in barrels when they're trying to use all their funding to grow. So uh, they're willing to pay kind of the go at rate for barrels. So if you buy a barrel at two years and you sell it to them at four, 
Um, you know, the economics are pretty good and it meets a need. Yeah. And then bourbon hospitality, a lot happening in Kentucky and really around a kind of the country, but especially Kentucky with bourbon and the distilleries and the bourbon trails, they call it. Recently, just with some other partners closed on an old uh, Holiday Inn in Bardstown, Kentucky, which is in a lot of ways the center of bourbon that's been sitting kind of empty. It's just its bones, really, for years, and we're going to renovate that back to its century self, call it trail. It's a good time to be in Kentucky near all the activity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll drink to that. So rocket ship racing is a booming business for you, but is it also a passion for you, Brooke? Well, anybody that says they're not passionate about the horse business is in the wrong business because at the end of the day, the passion is what really kind of carries it. But it, it is a passion. Uh, you know, it wasn't that I grew up around the racetrack or anything like that, but I did have a friend whose father, when I was uh, just out of college, uh, was a part of a syndicate on a horse that ended up running Derby Day and winning at 31, and that that kind of cooked me. You know, it, 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 it is a passion. And lately I've been going out to the, the backside at Churchill Downs a little bit more uh, than I had in a long time. In fact, it was a, a drought. There was no real particular reason except for me just being busy. But uh, a few more here recently, got up really by myself and went out there and kind of just walked around and you know, the whole scene and maybe Bob Barn or two were at a horse and, you know, the burrito ladies out there with their truck and, you know, you run across folks that talk about their horses and that kind of thing's interesting to you. It's just flat, flat magic. Well, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned that you came into the business uh, at an earlier age and that and kind of got involved that way. But was there something about the horse racing business that really attracted you? Like maybe there, there was a performance by a horse or a certain race or that, or was it just the, as you say, the atmosphere? I mean, I think it's everything that goes in, is in and around a horse business. Uh, again, I mentioned that uh, one of my friends when I was younger's father was part of a horse that won on Derby Day. And, you know, you're always in and around it. Uh, I have to give a shout out to a man uh, that, that really uh, kind of anchored me in the business, a guy named Danny Fortune. He passed way, way, way too young. Uh, he happened to be a neighbor of mine across the street. I knew he was a horse trainer, and this was about the time where, I, you know, I had uh, a little extra income. And I, I remember crossing the street and, you know, saw him in his yard and I said, Hey, Danny, uh, you know, I know you're a trainer and I'd love to get, get into a few horses. And he kind of looked at me like I had three heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, but he was patient and, uh, we became great friends. Uh, we, uh, went to the Keeneland sale years and years ago. I think the name of our, our group was Real Deal Racing, actually. I can re- remember that now. Found a couple partners, and we put up some, you know, some, some pretty serious money. I mean, $750,000, I think. And we went to a, went to the yearling sale, and we bought, I think we bought like 12 or 14. We had great runners in there. Holy Burrito, Reverse Psychology, uh, red mask, just you name it. We had a lot of winners, and then we had one horse named Bunk and Ted that actually uh, won his first three races, including the Sam F. Davis, and he went off as the favorite in the Tampa Bay Derby. Pat Day actually flew down to ride, and unfortunately, he couldn't quite outrace his uh, confirmation and the price tag we paid for him. So he, he, um, that was kind of the end of that story. But you know, he, he did win a couple more times, and we retired. I mean, uh, but but you know, that's the kind of stuff. You know that uh, that just locks you in for life. I got to thank you so much for being on the show, Brooke Smith. What a pleasure! Rocket ship racing and so many other endeavors. Thank you. 
listen, it's a great privilege. I love what you guys do, and I hope that um, every day you get a new listener. <laughs> well, that's a that's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. <laughs> we Thanks. Would, we'd appreciate that. Thanks, Brooke. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate you dealing with my rambles because I'm good at that. Okay. Thank you guys so much. You're fantastic. You're a great storyteller. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. When we come back, Woodbine's Director of Communications, Jamie Dykstra, joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. It is his first time on the show. I am so excited to hear from Jamie Dykstra. Jamie is Woodbine's Director of Communications, and so you're going to start communicating with us, Jamie. Welcome. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. Larry, it's been, uh, been waiting for the invite for five years now. <laughs> now, that's not true. I think that he's been inviting you for five years, <laughs> and you've said, not that, how did we ad- end up getting you this time what made you say yes this time well larry's persistent which i <laughs> totally respect and you know not not coming on has nothing to do with the show or or larry i love the work that both of you do and we certainly appreciate it from woodbine we at woodbine we just have so many great personalities so many stories um and usually you know my my default position is to let those individuals come on and and tell their stories and, and, and others tell stories about our jockeys and drivers and trainers and owners and great racing and all that stuff. But, you know, um, uh, it just felt right. So Larry asked me to come on and I, you know, the Seinfeld episode where they have all that, that Rolodex of excuses. I was, I was running out of excuses. So here I am. As long as you weren't sleeping under your desk. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> well, one of the reasons we asked you on today, 
uh, Jamie, was the fact that this is Grey Cup weekend, and you spent some time working on the Grey Cup, right? I believe I worked on 14 Grey Cups. So I was with the league office for about 11 years, and then I went to the Argos for a couple of years. So I've experienced the Grey Cup from a you know, a host, uh, a league office hosting opportunity, but then also participating at, uh, in it from a team. And we actually won the Grey Cup in 2017, which was an incre- incredible experience that I shared with our now CEO, Michael Copeland. So, um, and then uh, I've come to Woodbine and, and somehow I'm even, you know, continue to be fortunate. And now I get to work on uh, what was the Queen's Plate for four years and Last year, the Kings played, so I've done five plates, and it's been a, it's just been an incredible journey that's very humbling, and I'm very grateful for it. And tell me what it's like to be the director of communications for something as massive as Woodbine Entertainment. I used to come here with my wife when we first started dating, and I was a, you know I would say I was a casual racing fan. We'd love to come here and sit in the grandstand on a nice Saturday afternoon. Um, I, I had no idea the industry was this big. And that the industry supported this many, you know, families and individuals across the province. So, uh, it, the, my first year was I, I joined in late 2018. So my first full year was 2019, and it was, you know, like drinking from a fire hose, um, and learning just how big of an operation it is, uh, learning about the sport and the people in it. And then we entered into COVID the next couple of years, and we were, you know, dealing with the pandemic. So it's been an interesting journey. I'm certainly glad. Those uh, pandemic years are behind us, but it's, you know, I'm not just saying this at all. I'm I'm very genuine in this. I'm just falling in love with the sport and and the people, and and it's been just such an awesome time. Uh, And I look forward to, you know, the next five years for sure. Well, going back to your CFL days and the Grey Cup, and now you're at Woodbine and you've got the Queen's Plate and the King's Plate, is there any similarities between the way both these sports are, are promoted or are they entirely different? Yeah, I think there's, there's some things that are the same, right? I mean, they are, they are both events that I believe are part of uh, our country's uh, cultural fabric. Um, but at the same time, and, and both, sorry, I should also say both have really long history. Uh, I, I would note that the plate has an even longer history than, than the Grey Cup, but both are, have, have an amazing history and, and traditions behind them. Um, but they are, they also have a bit different audiences and they're different in that sense. So it, it is a bit of a different approach, right? You know, mm-hmm. the Grey Cup's built on team fandom, whereas I think racing, certainly um, people love the sport and, and, and cheer on and they look forward to coming to see who's competing in, in the plate and, and who's going to win the plate. Uh, but it's also about everything around the event, right? So it's about the, as you both know, it's about the fashion and it's about coming uh, with friends, and it's a very social event. So uh, I, th- I do think it's a bit of a different audience, um, but but certainly there are similarities between both events. And, and again, I'm just so privileged to have the opportunity to work on both of them. And Jamie, one of the biggest differences is the fact that the athletes on the field are humans and the athletes on the track are equine athletes. That's a, that's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big difference. And I, one thing I love about the sport of horse racing, too, is I mean, we have men and women competing against each other regularly, um, and and certainly even on the equine uh, athlete side as well. So I, that's so unique, and especially in today's day and age, I, I think it's something that we try to celebrate, but we could probably even celebrate more. We have such amazing athletes on both sides, at uh, Santa Bred and Thoroughbred. Um, 
And, uh, and the fact that, you know, they compete regularly against each other, uh, speaking to the men and women, I think makes the sport of horse racing even more intriguing in that sense. Well, speaking of the plate, have you already started the plans for next year's plate for the marketing side and that? I would say yes. I mean, we're entering right now into our typical business planning cycle. and I won't bore, bore you with those details, but um, last year we obviously had to announce a name change. We went from the Queen's Plate to the, to the King's Plate. Um, so that, that took a lot of our time late last year. Uh, and then if we go into last summer when we were executing the event, we, we sold out the event six days in advance, which was, um, which was incredible. But, uh, you know, what, what it told us at Woodbine is clearly there's a lot of demand for this event. And it's challenged us to think, can we make this event even bigger? So when you ask if, we're, uh, if we started planning, I would say not in, in great detail, but, but how can we elevate the event even further? How can we get more people to the event, um, what opportunities exist to, to take it further, both from a, uh, from a fans attending the event to, um, to how, how can we even make it a more national event through our broadcast and things like that. So, so we're starting to plan for sure. And we can't wait. We are going to be announcing the date of the King's plate um, in the next week or so. So, so I would say stay tuned for that as well. Looking forward to that. And a quick question about the King's plate and invitations to the Royal family. When does that go out? When would your invitation to King Charles and Queen Camilla perhaps uh, go out to see whether they would attend next year's King's plate? We have sent that in already. So that's one of our first orders of business. So that went out a couple of weeks ago. Um, typically, we wouldn't hear back for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, we're certainly hopeful. We have no indication whether, uh, whether King Charles will be attending. But the invitation has been extended. Let's talk about Jamie Dykstra, the fan of horse racing now. Obviously, the King's Plate, you could say this year, was a highlight reel race. Uh, were there a couple of other races that you watched that you say, gee, really, and they still resonate with you? Yeah, for sure. I, we, we were actually talking, the communications team was talking about this earlier this week. And, and, and when we were reminiscing about some of the great racing, I, I took a trip down the 401 to Mohawk Park for the Mohawk Million. If you remember that race when, mm-hmm. you know, TCI broke stride and came back to win. And I have to give a shout out to Mark McKelvey, who was in the booth that night but that was such a an incredible performance but then also incredible call and just an amazing race um and then for me also you know, i just love races on the ep taylor when you're down on the apron and you can feel those horses thundering down and i think back to when masters of the sea came sweeping wide charging down the stretch uh just it's just an incredible um incredible experience to be that close to the race and finally, I would say the Canadian, the return of the Canadian International. And yet, you know, certainly the race itself, but the opportunity to celebrate uh, the 50th anniversary of Secretariat. And we also brought up uh, Eddie Maple, who was the last jockey to ride Secretariat in the Canadian National in 1973. And Eddie is just an amazing person. And it was really nice getting to know him and, and learning about the history. I was not born yet when that race happened, but I certainly know Secretariat. And it was just nice to learn more about, about Eddie and the horse and, and everything that came with that. It's funny you mentioned the, the race by Master of the Sea. We had Peter Lurie on the show last week from Santa Anita, and we asked him basically the same question, highlight real race, and, and that was that was what he picked, what he selected. 
Yeah, it was just like just a phenomenal performance down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just incredible to see that horse up close and um, just a wonderful, wonderful athlete. Can we talk about the changing of the guard from Jim Lawson to Michael Copeland and the addition of people like Monty McNaughton? What does this mean in terms of strengthening the power of Woodbine Entertainment? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've had the opportunity to work with with Michael before, and and he's a he's a great leader, and he's and he has a bold vision for what he wants to do and what he wants our team to do here at Woodbine. So that's exciting. I I didn't know Monty previously, but I've you know he's now my boss, which is which is great. I'm, I'm surely going to learn so much from him. Um, but he you know he is, and I won't take too much on the Monty side because I believe he's going to be a guest on a future show. But but he is passionate about this sport, um, and that's something I didn't realize. And uh, he's been involved with it here and there from you know throughout his career in government, and he's very very excited to come in and. Um, and make a difference and make not make a difference for Woodbine, but you know, we all want to make a difference for the industry. We our our sole mandate here is to, is to sustain and grow horse racing in Ontario. Um, and, and we are excited about all the big initiatives we have going on, excited about our new leadership team. And, and we just really want to make an impact for those, you know, tens of thousands of families who rely on the sport of horse racing as a way of life. Well, speaking of initiatives, one of the things we were talking about before you came on the show today was the plan by Woodbine to revitalize the community garden, which is a project that flourished before COVID. And maybe talk about that. Uh, what was the community garden and, you know, what what's the steps uh, bringing it back? Yeah, it's, a, it's another example of, you know, me as a horse racing fan coming here with my wife and not fully understanding the operation here. There's an acre, there's a, a, a acre, a piece of land about an acre, the size of an acre. And uh, it's a community garden. So before the pandemic, we would, we would harvest uh, vegetables and fruit and donate it to local charities in need. Um, and uh, to the tune of, I think like 3,100 pounds to Ooh. five local community groups. Um, but it also was an opportunity to engage volunteers. So not only are you doing good by, by growing this food and donating it to people who need it. It was also uh, a way to bring people together and, and allow provide an opportunity for people to give back to their community. Unfortunately, during the pandemic, it just, you know, it, it sadly wasn't used. Um, we, we didn't have as much staff here to operate it, but uh, it's been on our to-do list to get, get, get it back going. So we're working with the Toronto, Re- uh, Toronto Region Con- Conservation Authority to revitalize it. You know, right now it's a bit grown wild, so I don't know if it's going to yield any um, harvest this year, but we're going to take the time to work with volunteers to get it back to where it needs to be so that uh, we can start harvesting it again and donating food to uh, local charities. And it's it's certainly exciting, and I hope maybe Ann and Larry, you guys can come out and volunteer some hours when it's up and going. You got it. Yep, sign me up. Absolutely, we are ready. A quick word, Jamie, on the the business of betting. Bet365, Woodbine entered into an agreement with that sports betting company. What difference has it made to betting and to Woodbine's profile? Right. So there's the obvious uh, is is the upside in revenue, you know, which will take time to cultivate and, and nurture. Um, but what it does, we're all of a sudden overnight now talking to a brand new audience. So we're talking to an audience 
who enjoy betting on sports, who probably maybe bet on horse racing, maybe the Kentucky Derby, the King's Plate, um, some other major races. But uh, we now have such a large group of that, what we'll call a casual horse racing betting audience. And we have an opportunity to engage them. And we, are, we have an oppor- a real opportunity to. The interesting part about it, too, is that, um, so not only are we talking to a, a younger and larger demographic, uh, we also have the opportunity to really drive our home market area wagering. So that's important because we've been seeing our HMA wagering decline over the last you know, several years, slowly decline. Um, but the, why it's so important is, is the revenues, the handle from that contributes to things like our thoroughbred improvement program and our standard bread improvement program, which supports our breeders, uh, right? So it's, it's not only about driving revenue, it's not only about engaging a new audience, there's also an opportunity to, to really drive home market wagering, which is our most important wagering. So um, we're, we're learning a lot in these early days, and we're excited about uh, the long-term opportunity this presents, Woodbine and the horse racing industry. Well, Jamie, you finally broke your maiden on the show. <laughs> and you know what? When you broke your maiden, now you're officially a friend of the show. So uh, thanks for doing this. Well, thanks for having me. I've always been a friend of the show, but I get, I get what you're saying. And, and <laughs> I, was, uh, I really enjoyed coming on, uh, Anne and Larry, and, and thank you so much for everything you do for, for the industry. And for all you do as well, Jamie. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Bye-bye. After the break, when we come back, Peter Physic Sheard, Professor Emeritus of the University of Guelph, joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. The University of Guelph's Peter Physics Sheer joins us right now as the university will be hosting the Equine Industry Symposium that will run for three consecutive evenings a little later this month. The theme this year, stable solutions. How fitting is that when it, you talk about horses and horse racing? Let's go now to Peter and find out more about this. Peter, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thanks for doing this, uh, Peter. And let's let's talk about the symposium. Who's it actually directed to? Would you say? 
It's directed to the horse industry at large, everybody who works with horses. And you're calling it uh, this year, the theme is stable solutions. Obviously, two meanings when it comes to the word stable. What do you mean by that? You could say it's a catchphrase, but the the issue is uh, the whole problem associated with labor, um, retaining and acquiring labor, and the problem with running the business as a business, and the benefits of doing so, and the issues involved. Our our whole exercise is involved in trying to increase the success uh, of the industry and its stability and ensure that it's sustained. Everything we do is sustainable. And to do that, we have to adopt a whole bunch of modern methods and start using a very structured approach. And I noticed, you know, when I I was looking at the website and that, that one of the things that you're, you're trying to do is direct this and recruit young people to the industry, which... That's that's kind of a, a problem that even horse racing and, and all the other uh, uh, horse uh, disciplines are having, right? It is a problem. And I think one of the issues is that because we don't tend to have a very structured approach in terms of running our businesses, um, we can't provide young people with the career opportunities and the sort of stable income and employment circumstances that they really need to be successful. But young people may not see the horse industry as a career opportunity. And we need more and more young people. We're all getting older, Larry. Mm-hmm. So we need to bring young people in and, and sustain their engagement and let them see that this is a real career opportunity. Peter, can we talk about the uh, the symposium itself? So it's over several days. What? Who are the speakers and, and what is it that you hope people will come away with, a, a feeling or a sense of, of, of purpose? Well, it's three days. It's all online and starts on Wednesday the 21st, that is next week. And so it starts at 7.30 in the evening. Um, and you can just dial in. We'd like you to register. The registration, it's on Instagram and Facebook at Equine Symposium. So if you go onto Instagram or Facebook, you can sign on to the Equine Symposium and register. The objective is in the first night we're going to be doing, we're calling the section Bridging the Gap. And we're actually looking directly at that point at the whole issue of labor and recruitment and retention. And then on the second night, we're looking with the title is uh, uh, Boosting Business Efficiency. And the objective there is to look, take a close, hard look at how we increase the efficiency and success of equine industry businesses. And on the third night, we're, we're looking at buying into industry fundamentals. And there we're focusing very much on the actual fundamental issues that you have to apply procedures in order to be successful as a business and it's a structured business rather than something that just happens over the period of time. So it's all about structure and organized approach. And I noticed one of the discussions, uh, Peter, is on the state of the horse industry. In your opinion, what is the state of the horse industry? Not especially good, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, state, the state of the industry we're all getting older. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more difficult to recruit and retain young people. And yet there are just as many young people who are crazy about horses. And they just see it less and less as a career opportunity. And I think one of the big issues there may be that we as an industry or as operators of operations, we don't necessarily think in terms of how do we get these people interested in staying with horses. We seem to be happy if they do a good job, which almost all of them do, 
working with the horses while they're working with us. Um, but we have to sustain that engagement, that interest, way beyond when they work with us. And they can't just work with stable hands without a stable job opportunity. So I think everybody has to get involved in trying to make the industry more sustainable because if we can't bring young people in and we can't keep them there, we can't sustain the industry. And, of course, the, the, the ultimate loser in that is the horse. Peter, you are a professor emeritus at the University of Guelph's Ontario Veterinary College. A lot of research on your part, including equine cardiology and horse health management. You've also got a particular interest in racehorses. And I read about a study that you conducted, and and one of the, the highlights of it, or lowlights, if you will pardon the expression, intense exercise can be fatal to racehorses, this according to a new University of Guelph study that you were a part of. Can you talk about why your your interest is in the health of horses on top of, of the stability of the horse racing industry as a whole? I'm a veterinarian. I've been teaching, teaching veterinary medicine for, for 50 years now. Um, I'm, I'm addicted to horses. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but I can't get away from them. Probably never will. Um, and I, my interest in, in a discipline perspective as a, as a veterinarian in the university is cardiology and performance medicine. So I'm very interested in what makes horses tick and what makes them go fast um, and sustained exercise for a long time. So I've, in, in my career, I've married my interest in the structure of the industry and sustainability of the horse itself to my clinical interest in cardiac diseases and performance medicine. The research that you just quoted, and I, would, I wouldn't have chosen that title. I would have chosen the somality motive and uh, a traumatic title. It's a fact of life for all top-end athletes, whether they're human, canine, or, or equine, that a certain percentage, a small percentage, but a number, will find the exercise to be fatal. And it's often in people because there's something underlying going on that they didn't ever know about until they tried to work really hard. In horses, we see fatalities sometimes, and they're mostly to do with uh, fractures, like problems and so on. But in a number of horses, we just see sudden deaths. Uh, they're very infrequent, fortunately, but they are much more common in horses than they are in people. And we're interested in finding out just what are the attributes of the species that makes it prone to sudden death. And we have two graduate students and a research program going forward right now. And I'm hoping that down the road, I'll not only have some answer to the equine issue, but perhaps it'll also apply to human athletes as well, help them. I, I want to get back to your point. You said you were addicted to horses at a young age. Why was there this addiction, Peter? Like, what was it about the horses that made them so special that you became, as you say, addicted to, to horses? Initially, Larry, I think it was a young lady who had a horse, and she let me ride around the farmyard. <laughs> and I think that caught, that caught my interest in the first place, I suspect. But, uh, no, it, 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 the horse is such a majestic animal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible that it lets us do the things we do with it. Um, and although they can kick and bite, um, as people learn eventually, and dump you in the middle of the field, um, they are actually remarkable to work with, and they're such capable animals. They can do such wonderful stuff. Um, I'm not under any illusion. Um, I've been kicked, bitten, and dumped in the field. <laughs> so I, I recognize that they, they are indeed one of the more dangerous species for us to work with. But, but they're, they're magical animals. They're quite remarkable. 
and uh, it's so much fun to work with them and to learn from them. So uh, I, I just enjoy working with horses. And what have you learned from horses? Oh, respect, patience, a lot of tolerance, the, the, the ability to stand back and watch very carefully what they're doing and try and interpret what they're doing rather than make assumptions and, and the need to be cautious in your approach to training them uh, to ensure that they understand what you're doing um, and not to take things for granted and also a certain amount of, of self-protection and caution in just how you work with them. Um, it's much like working with dogs in some ways. They tend to be more uh, more expressive in their expression of, of a connection with you than horses, but it's just the same thing. If you watch them, you work with them, you spend time with them, and you get to learn how they behave. If I had my way, if, if I were involved in getting a young person involved with horses, I would actually put the young person in a round pen with a horse, a friendly horse, and leave them spend a couple of hours with the horse. Hmm. I just get used to the animal. I wouldn't let them think of getting on its back is the first thing they do. I would have them connect first of all. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And I and I think too, Peter, it comes down to the fact that like we've talked to people in the past on on this show about why did they get into horse racing and and why did they get into uh, you know standard breads or thoroughbreds or quarter horses or that. And I I think it comes down to it. It it, it it's the horse that's the attraction, right? Because nobody. Nobody out there really says, you know, I can't stand horses, you know? Yeah, no, nobody does. And I, I always remember a, uh, there was a famous national hunt horse in the UK called Red Run. Mm. And Red Run was very successful in national hunt. Uh, and when he retired, the owners would take the horse on trips to various small towns right around the country. And people would come from all over the place to visit Red Run and used to talk to him and and touch him and so on, and uh, the horse was a celebrity, and people viewed him as a celebrity, but they also deeply enjoyed their direct contact with the horses, which is why I would say get to know the animal as a species first before you ever contemplate getting on its back. Hmm. And if you did that, you would certainly never talk about breaking horses. Yeah. Well, great attitude. So you care for horses. Do you have horses in your life? I have um, I've owned horses. I do not, at the present time, um, own horses. I have a luxury. I can play with other people's horses <laughs> without, without having to pay for them. So and there's <laughs> always, if I, if I start to get a little bit uh, DTs, I can go down to the barn and talk to, to a horse and get the smell and get the contact. And if I can't <laughs> do that at the moment, I can find horse people to talk to. Do the horses talk back to you? In their way. <laughs> I, think, I think they do in their way, as long as you're listening. Well, before we uh, let you go, Peter, uh, let's get back to the symposium. That's what the, we, yeah. we actually started the interview on. What do you hope that people participating in the symposium will take away from it when it's all done? The first thing I hope they'll take away is the general issue that everybody who's involved in the horse world with horses of any type, um, any part of the industry, that they will realize that the main problems they're dealing with are common to everybody. Whether you're racing, dressage, show jumping, whatever you're working in, the main problems are common to everybody. And so we all need to play a role in trying to boost and grow the industry and look after the horse. In this particular case, I think one of the biggest issues is we don't have a structured approach as an industry. 
we all work fiercely as individuals and we need to work together and in doing that we need to be aware that we have to draw young people in and retain them and so we need a much more organized structured professional business approach in order to retain those young people and treat them well or they'll leave and go somewhere else it has been an honor and a privilege to have you on the show today, Peter. Thank you so much. The 8th Annual Equine Industry Symposium next week, November 21st through November 23rd. Thank you again, Peter Physics Sheard. My pleasure. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 105.9 The Region. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing? You've got a lot on your plate. I do. Let's get to it, because I'm hungry (laughs) for a winner. Let's start at Woodbine. They have a 10-race card, including the Grade 2 Kennedy Road Stakes today. Race 3 is six furlongs on the Tapita surface, a $7,500 claiming event for a purse of $29,700. Nine horses have been entered, and number one, Kid Forrester, is a horse that has continued to hold his form well this season. His last four races has seen Kid Forrester with a win, a second, and two third-place finishes. 
His last start on October 27th saw Kid Forrester shuffled at the 3.8, but jockey Sophia Vives was able to get Kid Forrester back in stride again to close for second, beaten one and three-quarter lengths. Sophia is back aboard today, and with the cozy one-hole, should be able to negotiate a cozy inside trip today. She also gets to ride with her apprentice allowance, and this should help the cause as well. So Woodbine Race 3, number one, Kid Forrester. Aqueduct has a 10 race card today, and race 5 is the grade 2 Hill Prince Stakes, purse of $250,000, a mile and an eighth on the turf. Number 8, I'm Very Busy, is one of three entered by trainer Chad Brown. In this guy's last race, a win at a mile on the turf in an allowance event, looks like he has finally figured this game out. He won by four lengths, pulling away in the stretch, so he should like today's mile and an eighth distance. And this guy, Chad Brown, had high hopes for. I'm Very Busy was last year was a beaten favorite in the Grade 2 Pilgrim Stakes and then only uh, started in the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and uh, he really had a rough trip in there. He's been a changed horse this year, and part of this reason could be because Chad Brown has given I'm Very Busy time to find himself, as he is already three races into his 2023 season, and finally Chad must feel he's ready for a stakes race. So Aqueduct Race 5, the Hill Prince Stakes. Number 8. I'm very busy. Delmar has a nine race card today, and race eight is the $100,000 Cary Grant Stakes for California Breads. Although number seven, the chosen Vaughn, is the big four to five morning line favorite, I believe he could get beat later today as he enters today from a fifth place finish in the Grade One Breeders' Cup Sprint against Open Company two weeks ago. I think coming back so quickly could see some regression today and perhaps set it up for a horse like number three, None Above the Law who has a lot to like today. First, None Above the Law goes turf to dirt, gets top jockey Flavian Pratt in the saddle today, and is a stakes winner on the dirt at today's seven furlong distance against California Breds. Trainer Peter Miller has worked None Above the Law three times since his last race on October 15th and is 17% with horses going turf to dirt. It's been a long time between wins for this guy, but as mentioned, I like the presence of Flavian Pratt in the saddle who is, was apparently aboard none above the law when he worked four furlongs this past Sunday. So Delmar, race eight, the Cary Grant Stakes, number three, none above the law. Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight with race 11 featuring a mandatory payout for the standard jackpot high five with a carryover of over $250,000. Race eight, though, is a division of the Harvest Series for Ontario Sired Colts and Geldings, three-year-old Pacers at one mile, a purse of $17,000. A field of eight goes behind the gate, including number one, Arizona Jackson, who did everything last week but win, as despite missing some time and going into the last week's race with a good qualifier, Arizona Jackson went a long way on the front end and finished third. Arizona Jackson was bet heavily on the odds board last week and does go from post eight to the number one hole tonight, and driver Jonathan Drury drives this galling for the second time. Prior to shipping to Woodbine Mohawk Park, Arizona Jackson raced at Rideau Carlton Raceway, where in six starts he won four times and was second twice. And with that race from last week under his belt, this guy should be right there again tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race eight, number one, Arizona Jackson.
Larry Simpson, amazing as always. Thank you so much. And before we go, a quick shout out to market fans of horse racing. And goodbye and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one was recently released, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Please donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.